From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, a podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, I have two guests, Ms. Hurate Reventas and Stephanie Nuccio. Uh, they are our um, uh, new missionary disciples who will be sent out uh, from the Archdiocese for the Military Services to Travis Air Force Base in California. Hurate, Stephanie, welcome. Thank you so much. Okay, so why don't we start with you, Lorate, and uh, your nickname is Yaya, correct? Correct. Okay, if I called you Yaya every now and then? Sure. Okay. All right, well, let's start with you, Yaya. How did you decide that you wanted to become a missionary disciple, and what is a missionary disciple? Sure. So that's definitely, uh, it's a long and, and involved and fantastic story of how the Lord has um, guided me through that, but uh, I guess a short of it might be... Um, I think I, I I always knew that we had a universal call to holiness. I know I knew that we we're all called to be a saint. It's not just a few people. Um, and it wasn't until um, about it was December 2021 that I went to a retreat, and um, I had graduated college the year before, and a lot of my friends went to be missionaries, and I was not the Lord's plan for me. But um, when I came home, I was like, oh, I'm like a missionary working in you know at my work and wherever I was. Um, but when I went to this retreat, they were saying, no, we also all have a universal call to mission where you're called to be a missionary. Like you're not just like a missionary. And that definitely blew my mind and kind of gave me the authority to then go home and, um, to, to realize like what life with mission is. Um, and so that changed my life when I went home and was like, well, Jesus loves me and I love Jesus and I need everyone I know and love to know that as well. And I started inviting every single person I know to come to young adult events um, and became a young adult ministry leader at my parish. And yeah, I, I after all the time in prayer, I was like inviting people and um, they started coming. And uh, I grew up in a military town. So a lot of those people were military and um, I'm from a Navy family. So it was kind of natural that a lot of that mission field happened to be military members. And I saw like, and my heart was pulled so much for them that they, um, that they know Christ, they know their identity in Christ. Um, and so it took about a, all of last summer of me kind of really discerning a new thing after the job that I was in. And, um, yeah, the Lord kept putting on my heart, like with the military and uh, as young adults in the military. And I was like, Lord, that's not a thing. Like, <laughs> I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm not in the military. And um, I really discerned it. And it was one day in particular in prayer, he just asked, I just knew he was calling me to be a missionary in particular. And I was like, wow, I don't really know what kind though. And the very next day I met someone um, from the military archdiocese and told me about this program. So Okay, so let me back up a little bit. Where did you go to college? I went to Mount St. Mary's University. I see, which is a Catholic university here in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Correct. And you said you were in a job. What was your job? Sure. Um, I was uh, a manager at a surf shop. A surf shop. And you come from a Navy family. Is your dad or mom or both in the Navy? My dad was in the Navy. I see. But no longer veteran now. Correct. You're retired. Gotcha. Okay, Stephanie Nuccio. Tell me your story. How did you come to be interested in being a missionary disciple? Um, so I actually have zero experience doing missionary work before beginning this um, 
this initiative. I had never gone on a mission trip with my alma mater, Christendom College, uh, or in high school, and so I did not know what to expect whatsoever. Um, but I just had it hit me after I graduated college. I was just working a normal corporate job, and I felt like I wasn't doing enough. God had given me a lot of blessings. He had educated me in the faith. I'm a cradle Catholic, um, and I just had a lot of a lot of a drive to share what I've been given with others, share my blessings. I felt like I was wasting it, um, and I didn't know how to do that. So I just prayed, whatever you want, Lord. Like I give the rest of this year to you, and He put this burning desire to do mission work in my heart, and. I had no idea um, where to look first, so I just looked on Catholic Jobs uh, to see if I could provide some services somewhere just working in a Catholic organization because COVID was still kind of happening and I wasn't really able to find many opportunities to volunteer mission work, but I found this posting for military and Catholic support together um, as a missionary to young adults and that kind of spoke to me a lot in both ways. And I should interject here for the benefit of our listener, uh, the Office of Evangelization here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services initiated this program, uh, in part in response to uh, Pope Francis, uh, who has stressed the importance of the church moving beyond maintenance to mission. He said, and I quote, I hope that all communities will devote the necessary effort to advancing along the path of a pastoral and missionary conversion, which cannot leave things as they presently are. Mere administration can no longer be enough throughout the world. Let us be permanently in a state of mission. So you guys, um, Jurate and Stephanie, Jurate Raventus, yeah, yeah, and uh, Stephanie Nucio, you're both going to Travis Air Force Base in California. And you will be there as as uh, missionaries sent forth by the archdiocese. What's your day going to be like? Sure. So um, a lot of our missionary work is going to look very relational. So um, just as Jesus, he spent time with three years um, with the twelve apostles, spending every daily activities with them, daily life. Um, he. Uh, was able to live life with them, and through that, they got to see how he lived, and they would have seen how he prayed, um, how he was charitable to everybody, um, how he just relied on the Lord for everything. Just so, so many things um, as that as a Christian, we should also be exemplifying with our with our life. Um, and so that is the main way is through, um, it's also called like incarnational evangelization. So to be able to evangelize through others, um, through how we're living our lives. And so a daily, Stephanie and I as uh, a team of missionaries, we will be doing daily prayer, a holy hour and um, sacraments. So going to mass every day. Um, and out of that, out of our relationship with Christ, we can go and then be present to um, the service members. Now, Stephanie, what's your expectation of what your days are going to be like when you get to Travis Air Force Base? Um, yeah, definitely a lot of interpersonal ministry, uh, meeting people where they're at and having like real conversations, uh, being sometimes just a shoulder or, you know, to cry on or an ear to listen and, and see where people are and meeting them, um, as seeing them as Christ sees them. So uh, giving them giving them whatever it is that they need by being um, a resource of the Catholic faith, of being an actual Catholic presence as a young adult to other young adults. And what's the ultimate goal here, to win more souls for Christ? 
Is that an oversimplification, or what exactly are you um, trying to do? Yes, but in addition to that, to create missionary disciples as well. So we're missionaries there, and we um, will be in their life for maybe a short amount of time. Um, and it's the goal is to to empower them to also go out and make more disciples to then go spread the good news to other people um so it doesn't just start and end with us but we're there to also mobilize other people stephanie uh, yes mobilizing the laity as uh, Yorata said definitely mobilizing the laity to become themselves missionary disciples where they go out and make what fishers of men and women pretty much so as so as they continue their next duty station um, they're able to build up the community there with what they've learned from us. So we're able to teach them to be bolder in their faith and have more uh, roots in Christ and in his church. So when they're able to uh, meet others, they're able to bring them uh, with them along in their journey to Christ. Now, Stephanie and Urate, you are our first two missionary disciples. You're uh, treading uh, maiden territory here. Are you scared? Um, there is definitely a sense of just expectations that you don't know what will come next. So it's some uncertainty, but, um, it is true. You give the smallest amount to Christ and he will give you back tenfold. Like Yorata and I can already say with our experiences so far in preparing to do this mission work, like just setting aside the time that we have to prepare, uh, we've received so much back and in our own increase of faith, but also in the people that we've met that have been encouraging us and supporting us from the beginning. Now, will you be living on base at Travis? Um, so we are looking to see what housing options there are. Um, we have not visited it in person, so there is definitely um, a turnover where we might have some delays in um direct housing yet but we've had many offers from the community there they're very generous and excited to receive us so most likely some local housing for sure you're listening to catholic military life a podcast of the archdiocese for the military services and our guests for this edition are yurate ravindas and stephanie nucio the first missionary disciples being sent out by the archdiocese uh, to uh, win over hearts and minds uh, in the U.S. military. And they're uh, starting at uh, Travis Air Force Base in California. Uh, and you both are here in Washington for what, a little orientation? Uh, yes, some training here at the AMS headquarters. All right, uh, Yurate, I want to ask you, tell me more about your background. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, what did you study in college? How did you come to your uh, zeal for Christ? Sure. So, yeah, I grew up in Virginia, um, mostly Virginia Beach. Um, I went to Mount St. Mary's University and I studied international studies. So it's basically political science and language. Um, I've always I've always known Christ like he's always been so present in my life and he's um, never given me opportunity to really pull too far away from him. Um, it wasn't until I went to college that I, I had really was formed in my faith. I had such opportunities to learn so much about what it meant to be um, in a relationship with Christ and to be Catholic and just the, yeah, the beauty and the, all of the richness of our faith. Um, yeah, I had also had focused missionaries on my campus. So I was introduced to missionaries um, and they really impacted me, especially my senior year um, with my Bible study leader, my senior year, very intentionally, um, 
met with each of us in the study one-on-one every week as like a personal um, discipleship and just kind of to to help grow in that way. And that really impacted me and taught me a lot about how to pray with scripture. Um, and so kind of from there, I started um, my leading my own Bible study. And then even when I graduated college, I was still leading one. Um, so really it was after college that I was kind of looking um, I, when I didn't have the commu- young adult community on campus and I came back home and we didn't have it, um, it was hard for sure to like not have other young adults that were the same value and the same things I wanted to do. And um, I really turned to God to kind of, it was kind of cool. It, it was like he was making my faith an adult faith. Like he's like, you already believe in me, but now I want you to really dig deep and like really root that in you. Um, and so I asked a lot of questions like, what is my purpose in life, God? And um I always went back to like your purpose is to know, love, and serve God. Okay, well, if that's true, then everything I do means that um, it's the decision is based on like between God and I. And if that's the case, because I want to be, if I want to go to heaven, if I go to heaven and spend the rest of eternity with him, I should probably get to know him more. And I started praying um, and really just like blew my mind how prayer is building a relationship with God. And I think out of that, is honestly where such like I got so much peace like so many um anxieties definitely like left over time because um yeah that was what was the Lord is fulfilling me and and I was starting to like not just learn that but to experience that to like really go to him and spend time with him and see what that means and he taught me so much just by spending um some time in prayer and it was out of that time of prayer that even led me to be open to discerning his will it wasn't even that I was discerning do I want to be a missionary or not it was Lord I can tell that you're calling me somewhere and I'm so tired of me thinking that I can figure out what you want me to do. So I'm just going to listen. So whatever you want, no matter if it's way different than what I want, it's in the end the only thing that will make me happy. And so that's where I started from. I see. Stephanie, how about you? Um, I guess I would say that <clears throat> the beginnings for me came from receiving the blessings of God and um, seeing the way that he's able to move the people in my community. So ha- he, him introducing to me to several individuals, be it professors at my college, mentors, like priests, homilies. There's so many little elements of my life that he's done to bring me closer to him. Um, and it was, it was definitely after college where I did not know fully his path for me, but I knew that it was something that really did correspond with the call to being holy and bringing others to holiness, um, seeing souls as God's currency and wanting to to make a difference in others' lives and not just live for myself. And you went to Christendom University. Yes. What was your major there? A theology. I see. Uh, and so uh, you, uh, coming up in the Army... Yes. Moved a lot, I'm sure. Yes, I did. Uh, your exposure to different geographical locations, different populations, did that feed your uh, desire to serve the Lord in any way? It definitely did. Um, it really taught me that your family exists no matter where you live. Um, the people that you care about and that care about you, that's what makes home. So it really doesn't matter exactly your location. It's It's kind of what you put into your community and what you receive from it. Home is where the heart is. Exactly. How long do you two expect to stay at Travis Air Force Base as missionary disciples? Uh, so it definitely um, 
I believe that we have for sure till the end of the year, and then it should be from there on, uh, depending on how many people that we're able to, um, I guess, ground there, setting our roots down. So we're hoping to have um, more missionaries join us at some point and possibly even come to Travis too. Yorate, I have a question for you. Uh, the military, like all society, uh, is uh, under pressure uh, to become more secular. Uh, and we see this in various ways. Uh, do you expect this is going to be a challenge for you when when you get to Travis Air Force Base, for example? And not necessarily from the brass, okay? Uh, not the Air Force, but peer pressure. Uh, you're going to be uh, associating with folks who some of them want to pursue their faith and exercise their Catholic faith. Others, I'm sure, will mock the whole process. Are you prepared to deal with that? And if so, how? Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's any different than the rest of the world um, growing up as a young adult or even a teenager. Um, I think the Lord is so good and he just so intentionally builds upon so many things in my life. And um, yeah, to have grown up with with three older brothers and in a military family, I was very much exposed to the military life and pastimes um, and how they, yeah. Um, and for the Lord to, as I spoke earlier about really, yeah, pursuing me in prayer and to, for the Lord to build that, rela- for me to build that relationship with him. Um, yeah, it just roots so much of like what really is important. Um, I think uh, St. Ignatius does a really good job in his, if and in his uh, spiritual exercises and just kind of see like what is the point in life then um and if if the point in life is to know love and serve god and it is to choose his will um it makes a lot of and once you've experienced that relationship with christ it makes a lot of things in the world like all those other things kind of become less important and so i know that um i don't think it'll be a challenge um in any way um yeah well i think being able to be there, as I talked about earlier, incarn- like evangelizing incarnationally, to be able to be with these service members and to like share a relationship with them and then for them to also then encounter um, a relationship with Christ, that because what comes first because, yeah, there might be a lot of kind of perceived rules in the Catholic Church, but it's all built to protect this relationship with you and God. And so once you know who you're loving and like why you're doing this, um, it'll become a lot easier. Um, but I think that you know, our faith and our natural, our natural part of, of, as humans really do go so well together so that even though these people are pursuing a different lifestyle that is not very, is contrary to Catholic faith, I'm sure that there are ways that they're not happy because obviously it doesn't fulfill them. And so to be able to be there and to be like a brush, a breath of fresh air, to be able to be there and to be so strong in the faith and to be able to show, Hey, there is another way that makes you actually very happy and at peace. Um, while there's also struggles, it, it, and this is the truth, and to just kind of be able to be a witness to that, um, I don't know if the challenge is, is going to scare me away from how important it is. So, Stephanie Nuccio, I know that you here uh, have been considering how you're going to tackle this challenge uh, during these days of uh, orientation and training, but also uh since you've accepted God's call to take on this assignment, one of your challenges, your tasks, so to speak, is going to be helping others build a relationship with Christ. How are you going to do that? 
That's a great question. I have definitely asked myself that many times in this preparation. Um, I would say uh, definitely the sense of empathy really helps um, in this, at least as an empath, that's where I start. Um, it's definitely meeting someone where they are, as I said earlier. Like It's finding out um, who they are and how they're doing, and it's a personal invitation. Just as it's a personal relationship, it's a personal invitation. I would find that makes the most difference. It really does matter that you show someone that God loves them as they are right in that moment. There is no thing they need to do in the future, in the past. It's just the present moment. God is loving them right then. And all they have to do is respond to him in that moment. Urate, how about you? Same question. How do you expect to help others develop a relationship with Christ? Sure. Um, Well, I think it comes out of especially um, prayer. So that uh, would mean Stephanie and I as a team for that prayer life together. We talked a little bit, um, some of our training talks about how uh, first and foremost comes our identity in Christ. And so that that it goes before our mission work is that Christ, we are, we are children of the King, that Christ loves us. And that's where identity comes from, nothing else. Um, and so when we're so steeped in that, uh, we can be able to reproach other people, approach other people and they can see they can like hopefully feel the presence of Christ in us. And I think that makes a very big difference um, from like the beginning of just talking to them. But also prayer and intercessory prayer. I'm a very big uh, inter- <laughs> intercessory prayer person. Um, and I think kind of about a lot of the missionaries work is behind the scenes, like interceding for them to God. So like whether that's Stephanie and I pray out loud with each other um, to intercede for the people that we met that day, the people that are on our minds and on our hearts. Um I think that goes a long way as well. But then more of the practicals, um, it, it it depends on the person. Everyone's in a different place, whether it's like maybe they're skeptical, but they're somewhat interested in the faith. So maybe they're really ready, but they have no idea where they are. Maybe they're really doing great, but they they need a, still more formation or, or more um, just like affirmation and that, you know, support. Um, and so it really depends on the person. Um if they're ready, I think it, it, sometimes just inviting them to come, okay, come to our holy hours and uh, we'll give you some resources and just like talking to them about it. I think it really is one-on-one, but I also think the important thing is to not be afraid to bring it up because prayer is so pivotal. It's important to be asking other people, how how is your prayer life going? Because um, yeah, like it's important. And I expect you've considered what kinds of answers you're going to get to that question. Uh, how is your prayer life? What, uh, what what do you expect to hear from people? For example, someone tells you, well, I don't know how to pray, or the only way I know how to pray is to by rote, you know, saying the prayers of the, the church, the Our Father, the Hail Mary. How can you go beyond that uh, to help uh, young adults uh, develop a, a new way of praying and th- through that develop a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Sure. I think it's important to recognize that it's a relationship. Um, and it's really helpful to think about it as you're talking, I know people say this all the time, but talking to your, your father, your best friend, um, I think it's so important to just talk, uh, start being raw in prayer, just, just be like honest with your emotions. Sometimes um, I've asked people before about their prayer life or, or they have a, a struggle and I'm like, oh, have you prayed about that yet? Um, and you know, some people will give different answers or excuses of why they can or whatever, but it's like, if you, you're sharing with me these emotions and like the Lord cares and knows you so intimately, 
uh, like, please share and be honest. Like, you're not hiding anything from him. And he wants that. And then through that vulnerability, he is able to love you. When you're open to him loving you, he can love you. So I think that's an important thing is just be real in prayer. Um, don't ex- like there's no really expectations. I know I do this still of like, oh, I didn't do that right. It's it's literally like hanging out with a friend. Like you don't you're usually not as formal with a, someone, you know, but um, maybe someone you first met. So you kind of just have to spend more time with it. The more time you spend with anyone, the better you get to know them. And I think approaching it from a relationship standpoint um, is helpful. And Stephanie Nucio, let me ask you this question. I'm sure you've considered the possibility that some of the guys that you're going to encounter, I say guys, but women too, uh, might be interested in a vocation. And I said guys because uh, I'm going to ask you about priests. As you know, there's a huge shortage of Catholic priests across the board. Yes. And that's particularly true in the military. So... Uh, is that something on your mind, looking out for guys who might make priestly candidates? Given any thought to that? Definitely. Um, uh, when Yurata and I were actually at Seek in January, we met some uh, guys that were in college that were already discerning chaplaincies. They were discerning joining the service. They were also discerning becoming a priest. Um, and it's incredible witness um, to see that and to see someone's faith like guiding them to that large step in their lives of two different um, careers to take on but that are really impactful. Um, and it's definitely, I think the largest piece there is having an actual chaplain to direct them to, to speak with them, uh, to give them a vocational story and also steps to help in that discernment. Uh, but full, full stop, if you pray to the Holy Spirit and you ask for openness of your heart and to hear God's voice and to discern his call, he will never let you down. He will always be answer that. So I'm going to ask both of you a personal question, and if it's too personal, slap my hand, okay? Uh, has either of you considered a vocation? Uh, yes, actually, I have discerned before, um, and I do believe that sometimes it can be a lifelong discernment of a vocation. Our, our Lord never really... Uh, has the same time as us as they say <laughs> his the moment is i've heard god's favorite amount of time so it is definitely a day-by-day process um and it is a journey with many ups and downs but for sure uh, he is there at every turn um and in the process of discerning your vocation you can discover many things about yourself and other people so um yes uh, it, it does happen um and it still continues to happen every day what about you urate Sure. Um, I have spent different times discerning. I think um, my university had a seminary on campus, so the seminarians, different chances they got were like, oh, have you, (laughs) you'd make a great sister. Um, So they've, which is, it's really good to open it up to make people aware that it is like a really beautiful um, vocation. So um, there are definitely times where I was like, did not know much about it and maybe a little scared and just didn't really discern it. Um, And just like, oh, I'm not called to that. But there, um, I think, yeah, actually, kind of in the process before discerning um, being a missionary, there are just moments where I've opened myself up and been like, okay, Lord, like, you are a good father. Why would you have any plan for me that isn't going to make me the happiest? And I think it was kind of like just taking away that fear and like just being able to trust in him. I mean, the first sin ever committed was distrusting God's goodness and to be able to go and be like, Lord, I'm so open that I might not necessarily want this right now. I have my own plans, but I'm getting, I'm willing to give those up if this is actually what you're calling to 
me to do because this is the best option. Um, and I think that in itself cannot go to a wrong place if you're so open to God's will um, that he'll really, and it, in discernment in general, um, he, he will make it a clear, definitely abundantly clear. So if we're sitting here a year from now, what would be your measure of success? If you come back and do another podcast with me in a year, uh, what would have to happen in order for you to consider this coming year a success? Definitely a goal is to see a service member uh, start the process of becoming a seminarian. <laughs> sure. That's a great question. Being in ministry, it's so hard to, how do you, you know, quantify what success means? Um, I think for me personally, it'll feel like a success if we've been just so open to the Lord's plan, like already um, just in this whole process of where we're going to be moving, um, things have changed and been, you know, new things. And I think it's just realizing that we can never think we know what's going to happen and think we know. And so I think being very open is what success is. I've been talking to Yorate Raventus, also known as Yaya. I like that nickname, by the way. How'd you get that nickname? Um, my best friend in college. I yeah. see. Okay. And Stephanie Nuzio. The first two missionary disciples being sent out by the Archdiocese for the military services, the two of you going to Travis Air Force Base, but the uh, Office of Evangelization here at the Archdiocese hopes to send more uh, missionary disciples such as you following in your footsteps to other bases. Good luck to both of you, and thank you for talking to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.